Welcome to the Ori Co-op series discussing this concept of how to make an organic farming movement from scratch. Uh, we are the Organic and Regenerative Investment Cooperative and I am speaking with Rowan Clark who is founder of Get Up, that's with two D's, not two T's, uh, which is a cool community organizing platform. Rowan's also part of the Incubator Co-op. And he's a, also a consultant that provides services to cooperatives, so around governance, engagement, and funding, which is why he's helped out with Oricop and he's been part of our journey for the last number of months. And it's amazing to have Rowan here for our interview series. Rowan, thank you very much for joining us. Hello, Sam. Thank now, you for having me. Pleasure, mate. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. And you've been stuck into the nitty-gritty of the investment side of things with Oricop. Uh, yep. So we're going to talk specifically about some of those uh, conversations you've had uh, with institutional investors as one of those examples, uh, but also I'd like to just discuss more broadly about investment and investment into organic farming. Um, our topic for this discussion is titled around investment, collaborative structures and learnings from Ori Co-op. So let's get into it. Let's find a bit more about you. Tell us where you were born. No, no, don't go that far. Um, let's just <laughs> give us an unpack it. Your passion. What gets you up in the morning? Uh, I've got two kids and a dog. <laughs> 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 dragged out every morning by them. Now, I, the, the prime motivator I have is to help leaders build communities. And so that's effectively across all the things I'm doing. That's what we're trying to do. So Ori Co-op was, was a great opportunity to work with Carolyn Suggett uh, was the starting point. That was how I got involved. And then to work with a board that's uh, motivated and has a, you know, value is very much aligned to my own. So it seems like tech and cooperatives are sort of the two areas that you want to bring together around that idea of, of, of making community. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, tip co-op and, uh, and, and trying to understand how co-ops are evolving because they're, they're kind of re-emerging, if you like, mm. um, from a hiatus when I was kind of starting out. Co-ops are very much being, well, there's very much a demutualization trend. Um, as all you know, credit unions and building societies were being demutualized and they were kind of considered old world and, and past their time. And I think there's this kind of re-emergence, uh, you know, partly as a reaction to you know, the conspicuous consumption of earlier decades, basically. Um, so, yes, very much interested in where tech and uh, co-ops come together. And what about organic farming, Rowan? Have you, did you grow up on a farm? What's your, what's your, you had a passion for organic farming or just like the idea of it? The um, I like the idea that um, so I have my experience you know in the farming sector is relatively limited although I have seen the damage that uh, corporate corporatized farms you know farms that are driven by a very very much the profit motive um, can do uh, in, a, in formal life um, as you know assisting with um, fund management and fundraising for uh, various ventures around almonds and trees and. Um, the, the thing that I like about the organic farming sector is, apart from the communities, it all effectively brings a different filter to the, to the farming process. So it brings more to it than the profit motive. Um, so that's you know, kind of very broadly everything from community to all farming practices. Mm, yeah, that's great. Now, a bit more of a high-level question. This topic is around how do we create a bit of a social movement around uh, organic farming. What's your insights maybe from an investment point of view? How do we, how do we really garner... Um, the community support behind organic farming and uh, and specifically around what Ori Cop's doing. Yeah, good question. 
Um, the, I guess one of the, the key lessons we've had um, is very much that we're on a journey. That like we that uh, so there's a conversation that Carolyn and I have been having at various occasions about well, what exactly what exactly is that uh, you know clear and common purpose? You know, we we understand there's shared values amongst um, the the people involved in Oricoop, and, and clearly there's what we're seeing is there's there's that resonates with people, a wider community. Mm-hmm. But trying to to really zero in on that clear and common purpose that that that, that provides the, the the glue, if you like, for for a movement is is one of the first things that um, I think Oricoop's getting there, and is still finding those finding its way to that that that, that absolute crystal clear. The, and then the, the the next step in terms of creating a movement around it is an executable plan. So like starting small and kind of you know, celebrating your achievements along the way. Mm. Um, there's probably not too much more to it than that. It's, it's quite straightforward, Rowan, isn't it? But <laughs> so that's it. I think we need to keep getting those runs on the boards with Ori Co-op because you're right. I think we've got the values and people love it. And as soon as you talk about it, people get it. Um, now it's let's let's prove it. Let's get those farms under our belt and um, keep supporting those organic farmers across the country. I, you're right. It's, it's going to happen. It's the, the hardest bit seems to be to work out. Well, what it, what is the catalyst? What's the, what's the focal point? Um, to, in order to, to, to bring it together to a head, and that's that kind of that common purpose. It's like, well, what is the, the value proposition that, for example, Ori Co-op brings that, that provides the cohesion for this, for, for these, you know, quite a disparate group of people that have aligned values, basically? Mm. Well, I could answer that one, but we'll keep going. We could, yes. we could unpack that for you. We'll leave that with Carolyn to un- unpack a bit more. Yes. Now, I want to get to do some investment questions for you, Rowan. Who wants to invest in organic farms and organics in general? Who are they? Where are they? Who are they? The, uh, the interesting question. <laughs> also, the, uh, who are they? The, the, um, the journey that uh, Ori Cole's been on has been kind of informative in the sense of we've met uh, investors large and small, um, institutional, retail, um, and ju- just as a general comment, there's there's widespread spread demand for for organic farming for to, both from a you know like to invest in a, a real asset you know the idea that the the world's awash with overpriced financial assets to own a real asset a good thing a hedge hedge against inflation a hedge against so there's there's general demand for for farming assets for real assets and then the organic assets um, in particular people can see that that's a trend that from an investment standpoint has you know, resonates um, so the you know who wants to invest it basically the, the the world wants to invest the, the the challenge really is that from an institutional perspective um particularly in australia where we have you know paul keating did this great thing of you know creating our superannuation uh, guarantee kind of concept that has enabled us to have you know one of the largest superannuation funds and systems in the world they have difficulty in dealing with small numbers and currently the organic farming sector is a small number for, for, for the superannuation sector. So that is part of the challenge at the moment is, is how you kind of you know, access um, the institutional sector from at the larger end of um, town. Um, that doesn't mean to say there isn't demand from smaller kind of uh, institutional investors. Um, Second thing is there, there is a bit of an education process um, that needs to happen that uh, farming can has had... Um, in some ways, uh, uh, in some contexts, a checkered history, um, it, both in the good and bad, um, that people have been uh, experienced uh, great returns based on value, land valuations um, 
you know, skyrocketing. And so, therefore, are not driven by the farming so much. They're driven by the land, you know, selling the, selling the land themselves. Um, the flip side is there's, there's, there's plenty of stories of uh, farming uh, investments that haven't gone so well for one reason or another. And so, there's, there's kind of an education element to, to bring some of that small institutional market along regardless. Mm -hmm. An observation I've had over the last few years is, is that I think there must be a lot of money out there that wants to invest. Uh, it's just the opportunities aren't there. Is, is there some truth to that, Ron? And, and is that sort of where Oracorp can create a bit of a niche for itself? It's about finding these great opportunities. Its values are all there front and centre. Um, and so if we can start presenting these opportunities, there will be that investment available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the it's... Um, what we've kind of discovered is that there's because there's different levels of demand and there's different sizes of farm, if you like, there's different types of farms that, that it's it's having um, the right structure for the right investor, and you're right, having you know and having access to the op opportunity. So the ability to um, to um, aggregate, if you like, um, or bring together a number of farms so that like a, a large investors can have a pool to invest in is is possibly a good thing. Mm. On the other hand, at the small, enabling uh, the investments in smaller farms by, you know, that generational change from one farmer to another is another way that Oricop could help. Um, mm. So those type of opportunities. Absolutely. I, I think that's, yeah, I'm really excited anyway. That's why I'm part of Oricop. But, uh, yep. So investors then, um, do they, no what are the vehicles they normally invest through? So are cooperatives part of that list of, of uh, preferred vehicles that they invest through? Are there things that they're might be nervous about. I mean, with your discussions out uh, on the road with Ori Co-op, are there some excited things that, uh, that, that come up through cooperatives, or they get nervous about? Can you a bit of a, a bit of a summary of um, investors and, and how they go about investing? The the experience of the so um, cooperatives are not your typical. Typically, uh, cooperatives, um, the investment in cooperatives is done by members. Yep. Okay. And so one of the issues with a cooperative um, traditionally has been it's capital, the, the capital constraint because they only can get that they only look to their members for funds, and the reason for that is um, external investors will be looking for a return on capital. They might not necessarily be um, looking for the additional benefits that a cooperative can bring, bring its members. Members, on the other hand, aren't necessarily looking for a return on capital. In, in fact, typically they look for other um, returns. For being a member, so that they um, receive services um, and those. Yeah. Yep. And so, because there isn't that uh, focus on the profit motive, um, you immediately have a, a situation where there's a kind of a, a, a non-alignment or misalignment between the members of a cooperative and external investors. Mm. And so, where you've had uh, historically uh, external investors come into a cooperative. Um, so it's traditionally caused problems. So um, Murray Goldman's a classic of you know, current times. Namoy Cotton recently uh, is just currently going through a demutualization. Exactly, at, you know, 10 years ago, introduced external capital. What we tried to do in the Oracle situation was to actually bring the investors in as, as members, as aligned, as aligned parties. And what we're trying to do was to use, um, to create a structure which enabled Oracle to have permanent capital. Yep. Um, but where that permanent, permanent capital was provided in a way where investors were getting more than simply their return on capital, they were actually, part, they were actually wanting to be part of um, something which had aligned interests and um, 
And so whether it's uh, you know, organic uh, farming practices, whether it was the community aspects, the social capital that can be generated for um, communities who participate. Um, so in short, that the, 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 the experience we had was that the institutional market um, found that a difficult concept. Um, and and not, not surprisingly, you know, in, in other walks of life, I've had, had the experience where you, you present a new transaction or a new... Um, a new structure and the immediate feedback from investors is, oh, no, give me something I'm used to um, and, and so on. So, so tr traditionally investors wanted – yeah, that's right. So investors wanted something that they're, they're, they're um, used to and so what we've experienced in the past is people go, no, oh, that doesn't work because I, you know, I'm not interested and then you come back three months later and they go, oh, yeah, sure, show us that. And so I think someone once said that, like, given give me enough time, you can sell sell anything to anyone. You know, like, you just. And what we found was, given the amount of time we had, that uh, we weren't going to get there. Interestingly, the, the structure that we actually um, proposed is similar, very similar to the actual um, tier one capital that um, structure that's been kind of announced by Mor uh, Scott Morrison under the federal. That's enabling. The larger uh, the idea is to enable larger credit unions and building society and, and mutuals to ac access uh, permanent capital, tier one capital, um, and it's very similar to the structure that we were proposing for Oricult. Now, that doesn't mean to say Oricult would have necessarily got it up, because you can see in those larger organisations they have um, well a different risk profile, whereas Oricult is a startup. Having said that, investing in farms, which I love, risk. So that was um, our experience, I mm. guess that that uh, inst the institutional market uh, wasn't really ready. The retail market, on the other hand, um, the, the, from um, the feedback we got from people was very much that this was something that they, they wanted to, to support. And so that there was um, demand for, um, for, you know, from your know, mum and dad investors to, or, or from people who are, uh, you know, that wanted to become members of ORICO, really believed in this mission and were saying, look, yep, we want, we want to support that, this, its objectives. Mm. That's great. So, so it feels like we're still in this exploratory phase and especially with uh, institutional investors that go, you, go, you go talk to them and they say, no, I'm used to this sort of structure. Can you set that up? Um, so it's not that the conversation has stopped uh, or the flow... Uh, won't potentially be there. It's just being creative in how we could set up other uh, structures around the Oricult values and the cooperative that still allows the same outcome of long-term preservation of organic farmland. We're just got to think about that for a bit longer. Is that is that sort of summary, Rowan? Yeah, and no, I think that's that's fair. I think where we got to was that um, if we simplify it right down, there's you know there's effectively three types of farms that have analogously three types of investors that that um, that look to invest in them. So at the at the corporate end of town, that the large institutional investor is really looking for a risk-reward profile that's defined by a larger farm that has larger capital requirements, but also has more stable kind of um, uh, kind of product, if you like, or, or uh, output that can, that, can, that, can, that, that can therefore have stable relationships with major consumers. And so you can see that that kind of risk profile and, and, and amount, uh, you know, the amount of you know, to be invested really suits a larger institutional market. And we got and we, we did uh, test the concept uh, very briefly of a, of a property trust that would enable that, that Oricoop could you know, manage or, or um, provide uh, services to. And there was resounding demand for that from the institutional market. So, so that tier one or tier three, whichever way you want to look at it, that tier of 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 um, farm could be could meet that 
be met by that type of structure and that type of investor. There's kind of a mid-tier where it's smaller farms where um, there's potentially either generational change or there's um, there's a need for um, well, there's, um, for whatever reason that a farmer is looking to to sell a, a, a land, you know, a block of land, a farm that's you know two, you know, middle, two to five million dollars kind of amount, um, and those those properties aren't necessarily going to fit in that that, that corporate kind of area, and so under that. Um, we're looking at ways that we can provide funding structures for that, and that may be more through um, uh, enabling one-off transactions. Um, so the stuff that you're looking at, Sam, through um, Cultivate Farms and, you know, looking at generation change, how do we enable, um, you know, younger farmers to come in and, and to provide the funding for that to happen? Um, so there's that, that tier, and then there's, a, there's a, 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 another tier, which is like, in a sense, non-commercial farms, um, there are they're farms that are driven by other, um, you know, more social kind of um, aspects. So they're, they're farms that um, op often operate on the, in around the city, major city kind of fringes or, or, or within cities. Um, and so the, the value of the land is such that you could never actually operate really a commercial, you know, uh, operation on it. And so, but the, there's a real social benefit to having those farms in existence, and there's been some great work done around the the changing nature of the Melbourne around Melbourne's food bowl. You would have seen, yeah, have you seen that? But mm, like, yeah. the risk is it's kind of going to disappear as we build houses all over our farms and on the outer rim. And so the um, the idea is that there are structures that we could possibly put in place that um, enable um, philanthropic money to come in to effectively provide a. Uh, a way to finance those farms so that, that there's this kind of uh, non-cash returning element to the to the to the investment in the farms that, that enables um, the farm to be acquired. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? I just think there's so much potential here. And again, it comes back to that point we we're talking about earlier. I think this is about uh, finding and bringing uh, opportunities. That's what this yes. is about. There are people. There's people out there who probably want to invest um, for and get no return. Um, happy for it just to see it plodding along um, and of course all the way up to the people who are going to get a big return but um, uh, I, I guess and this is what we think about with Cultivate Farms we don't have to put we don't have to double guess what investors want um, we can just put opportunities out there and, and, and see what happens and I love those that way you've categorised those three areas that's, um, and that, that's the stuff we get stuck into at Oricop so very exciting <laughs> Rowan now yep. how much money is available for organic farming right now have you got a dollar amount? No. <laughs> Interesting. Some of the conversations. Oh, look, I think there's there's more than enough money um, given the right structure, and you know, um, for the right investor. I guess where I'm going to, I think, is most people think that they can't themselves invest in a farm because it's so hard, um, and say, well, yeah, you can go off and do your own, uh, and it's quite hard to set up for yourself. Or now there's things like our co-op, which allows you to. Um, invest in these farms. So the question was, Rowan, who can invest into farms and, and who is investing in farms? And I guess what I'm getting at is, is does Ori Co-op provide a whole new world for people out there who happen to love organic farming um, to get stuck into it um, and investing in organic farming? So maybe just a bit of reflection on, on who can invest currently now and how hard it is or what the processes are and then where does Ori Co-op slot into that world? Yeah, well, we, that's, we'd certainly like to enable that. Um, we'd certainly like to enable uh, more than just you know a, a large fund manager investing in, in, in farms. We'd like to be able to enable um, uh, those 
folk that supported that, that did support the Oricop, um, you know, raising, that wanted to uh, have exposure to farms for the absolute long term because they could understand that, that the, so, the, the social benefit and that, you know, I'm very happy with the with the idea. The return was you know, would be indexed to inflation over time. It would be a real return, and, and it's you know, it's and reflects the risks of you know, owning farms as opposed to um, owning other assets. So we very much like to enable um, the, the the full spectrum of in, uh, investors to, to be able to invest in farms. So you, I we, I don't think we've necessarily sold it as yet, as in uh, sold what the different structure structures might be. I think you know we've clearly got you know a, a resounding yes on a property trust type structure for um, larger investors. I think we're still working through. Um, what the structures might be that enable uh, individuals to invest in um, smaller farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may go. We, we may find that um, we can go back to our um, the, 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 the previous structure may, may may actually be the right structure for that type of investment. Um, but being, yes. being CCUs, being CCUs. Yeah. Um, yes, by virtue of the fact that the. the the CCU investors, that those retail investors, very much got the idea, very much got the idea that they were aligned investors and that they were getting much more than simply a return on capital. They were looking for a social type return. Well, Rowan, this has been brilliant. I have really appreciated you just unpacking um, the journey that Oricop's on with investment and um, and just investment in general. I appreciate your support, your steady hand with this whole process. I think there's again so much potential. Um, to support good farming across Australia. And I, I want to see Oricop right up there leading the charge. Um, appreciate your time, mate, uh, and no doubt we'll see you around the organic farming uh, industry over the next few years as we get stuck into this fully. Absolutely. Well, I've loved being part of Oricop and I you know, fully support what you guys are trying to do and you've got an amazing board kind of and vision for, for the future. So, more power to you. Thank you, Rowan. And where can people go to find out more about you and your work around the incubator co-op and, and GetUp? They'll just type that in and they'll get there. Yeah, getup.com will we'll do it or uh, incubator.coop will mm-hmm. also do it. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you. Right. Well, All right. Thanks again, mate, and we'll speak soon. All right. Cheers. Take care. Thanks for your attention. We hope you really enjoyed that interview. We are the Organic and Regenerative Investment Cooperative. We would love for you to sign up, become a member, uh, follow us on all the social media accounts, uh, connect with other like-minded people who want to see organic farming thrive across Australia. Uh, Please watch the other videos in our series as well and and share amongst your friends and family. Uh, But please do get in contact. Uh, We'd love to chat.